0: I'm Robin Amlo of IBS Intelligence. You're listening to the IBS Views podcast. With me is Xavier Dubois, Director, Product Management, Finance, Risk, and Regulatory Reporting for Walters Cluer FRR. And we're talking about Basel IV, or are we? Is there such a thing as Basel IV, or is it Basel III still?
1: Where do we stand on this numbering? Officially, it is the Basel III finalisation. From a regulatory perspective. It makes total sense to be it the, the the finalization of the Basel III Accord. It actually mainly works on the risk-weighted assets on the denominator of the capital ratio. It continues refining it t- towards a, a final situation. From an implementation perspective, this will affect the whole process to build the the capital ratio and to to build the the Basel production chain. And in that sense, from an implementation perspective and from an impact perspective, it is so big that it deserves a new number, so to speak, Basel IV, which is the reason why uh, many in the industry are speaking about Basel IV. Now, this is aimed at
0: Internationally active banks, what's meant by the phrase internationally active
1: banks? What's the threshold? The Basel Committee has no power of law. The framework it it has built is meant for internationally active banks. So now the process is that these Basel rules, Basel standards, have to be translated into the local laws. Or local regional uh, laws like uh, European Union. And in this process, there is a clarification about the timelines that might be different from the Basel Committee rules. There is also a clarification about what happens to the non internationally active banks in this country. And so this is up to the local regulator to, to define. And there is also a a next element that is added to that is the regulatory reporting, which is obviously always uh, locally defined and that comes with the Basel IV. So there is not such a thing like a threshold, but it is important that banks refer to their local law that are implementing their version of the Basel III finalization rules. You
0: talk there about the implementation of the rules. The deadlines are going to slip, let's be honest.
1: So the Basel Committee has defined 2023 as the main deadline to implement Basel IV. It has been supported by the G20, that where the bank governors are all pledging for timely and comprehensive implementation of the Basel rules. Now, in reality, it needs a local translation, and it's only the local r- regulation that will really define the, when it is applied. What happens in practice is that some uh, jurisdictions have already put in place and put in force some parts of the Basel III finalization, and they have planning for the other parts. A planning that may be incomplete, and for example, there are. Jurisdiction where some aspects of of the Basel III finalization are not yet planned. For example, in Europe, uh, it's a big topic at the moment. The CRR three is not yet out. Central bank governors are advocating to keep the timely implementation of uh, of CRR three, the the EU implementation of Basel four, to first of Jan 2023, while The bank lobby is pushing for an implementation towards uh, 2024, even 2025. For the US, for example, we are still uh, waiting for an imminent uh, publication of of draft and deadlines. But this will really be locally dependent. This is a complex set of changes
0: to the rules and regulations, isn't it? And one of the problems is that some things that institutions have siloed in terms of managing of risk or managing of risk requirements or the minimum rules they face, these things have got to be brought together. This is a significant change.
1: This is one of the key items of Basel IV, is that this regulation that has uh, historically been built around three pillars of credit risk, market risk, and operational risk, now gets quite more complex and intricate. There are a lot of dependencies that are built in the Basel IV framework. For example, if you take the simple counterparty credit risk for derivatives, most banks, if not all, do have derivatives. This plays in four areas it plays in the credit risk it has an impact on the cva risk it plays in the large exposure and it plays in the leverage ratio and so at all these places it refers to the same rule text and so it has really to be consistent if you don't want to end up with inconsistency in your regulatory reporting and issues about validation validation rules in your regulatory reporting You need to make sure that there is consistency built by design and that you only have one calculator that is giving the the results to these four components of credit risk, CV, and so on. This is one example, but there are many examples. And so consistency, working in silo, is a real danger to consistency. And consistency is definitely uh, something that, uh, regulator are asking for, and with the, the the additional granularity of data they are that they are requiring, they are even more able to check this consistency and this inconsistency would appear more obviously in the future that it has until now.
0: There is one concept I'd, I'd be grateful if you would go into a little bit of detail on proportionality. What do do the rules mean by proportionality
1: when they bring that concept in? The idea of proportionality is that a large complex bank should, and it is normal for for such a bank, to implement complex rules and that are very uh, risk sensitive. On the other side, a small, simple bank with a simple business It it is normal, it it is from a common understanding that it is normal that such a bank would not need to have so so complex rules, but it could apply uh, simpler rules and simpler reporting. So this is about proportionality. And proportionality has been implemented in different ways across the world. For example, in some country, we make categories of banks the big banks the smaller banks whatever are these categories and for each of these categories we set requirements these are the methodologies these are the complex methodology to be used by large banks and these are the, the simpler methodologies to be used by smaller banks that's one way to do it it's through banking categorization another way to do it is risk type per risk type for example If you are a big bank, you may not have a a large trading book. So you can be a big bank with a very small trading book. So therefore, for the trading book, because it is very small, you may use simple methods. On the other side, you might have a small bank that has a large trading book. And therefore, because this trading book is large, they should apply complex methodology for the market risk. So this is not applying proportionality by category of bank, but by risk type by risk type. And this is another way to implement proportionality. Bottom line, the most important thing is that bank need to really understand how is proportionality applied in their country, in their jurisdiction, and know very well what is the methodology and the the, the requirements they need to apply. Because it can make a a huge difference between implementing a simple method and implementing a a very complex method.
0: Looking at it from the bank's point of view, what are the key points for a Basel IV programme? What's the checklist that the institution needs to run through?
1: The first element, and which is very important, is establish a governance. Establish a governance at the right level of the group, at the top of the group, and it should include the CFO and the CRO. Basel Four is not about only financial reporting things. It's not only about risk. It really involves both uh, CFO and CRO. That's a very important thing. And also the impacts are so important that they are really important for the CFO and CRO. Second point is to really assess the current situation, to know what is your full application landscape and have a full uh, cartography across risk type across entities, and don't forget anyone. What you also need to do in the assessing the current situation is the business impact of the proportionality. That's very important because it might have business impact in terms of capital for some banks. It may even have impact on, of uh, closing or moving parts of the business from an one entity to another entity. When you have assessed your current situation and the business impacts, what you need to do is really determine what are your objectives, your scope, and your targets for for implementing Basel IV. Your scope is what are you implementing Basel IV uh, to? Is it for a set of entities for all the risk type? What are the methodology per risk type? That's one element. Another element is what is the service level? Are you implementing for producing just the reporting on a monthly or quarterly basis? Or do you want to uh, be able to run that on a daily basis or on a weekly basis? This has all kinds of impact from data provision, from update frequency, and so on. Remember that in theory, the Basel requirements requires to be compliant at all times. This means that you should be compliant at any time and you should be able to demonstrate that. The third element in that is to determine what you want to use your Basel infrastructure for. Regulatory reporting is a minimum, but you also, for Pillar 2, ILAP, ICA, you need to do capital planning and you need to do stress testing. This is also a regulatory requirement you might want to see the impact of business decision onto your uh, Basel IV metrics, whether they keep the ratio in in the right range or not and their impact. And so this determination of what is your scope, what is the update frequency, and what is your target? What do you want to do with that? Only reporting, projections, stress testing, all that, This will really determine what is your target architecture. And then you can do your gap analysis and plan in phases. Plan in phases along the timelines of your local regulator.
0: Xavier Dubois, Director, Product Management, Finance, Risk, and Regulatory Reporting of Walters Kluwer FRR. Thank you very much.